right, welcome back to Talking Texas Forever, a Friday Night Lights podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And we're discussing Season 2, Episode 7, Pantherama. Original air date, November 26, 2007. Written by Bridget Carpenter and directed by David Boyd. Directed by. I was like, director by. (laughs) Directed by David Boyd. The day Smash has waited for has finally arrived. The first day he can talk to recruiters. Coach Taylor eyes a new potential asset for the Panthers. Lila and Tyra are asked by Tammy to handle entertainment for Pantherama. Julie is upset over Matt and Lauren and turns to her new writing teacher for someone to talk to. Ooh. Girl. Girl. That was some tea. Mm. Okay, so the four words I gave you to describe this episode, recruiter, 48, choreograph, and family. Do they all make sense now? Wait, where's 48? 48, because Tyra told Riggins, you have 48 hours. 48, Tim. Oh, 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 gotcha. Obviously, my prediction was wrong that Santiago was going to get number 48. (laughs) It was a cute attempt. I liked it. It was cute. It was cute. Mm -hmm. It was cute. It was cute. But the rest made sense, right? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That's really funny, though, that you didn't pick up on 48. I thought that was so clever. No, I didn't. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) All right. Let's start with Recruiter. Recruiting circus is coming to town, so Slam and Sammy (laughs) says over the radio. Who will Smash talk to? That's what everybody is wondering, because as we know, he is a senior. So who is interested in him? And back at home, Corinna is screening calls from different schools. And so is his sister acting like his secretary, which she does not appreciate. Coach gives the team a talking to, telling them, like, listen, we understand the recruiters are here and this might be really exciting, but don't get wrapped up in it. Don't accept gifts from them. If they were to start accepting gifts and meeting with the recruiters, without going through coach first, it can make them ineligible for the rest of the high school games. So it's important that you stick to the rules as much as, you know, you want to talk to these people. Before I practice, we meet Noelle Davenport, who's played by Jana Kramer. Wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> Liz, I totally forgot about this. Oh my God. Like, shocked. I don't know if I just erased this character from my memory, and that doesn't mean it's good or bad, I just totally forgot Jenna was in this show. Well, then when you obviously watched for your four words, you were like, oh, whoa, throwback. I didn't even think of this. Yeah, so Noelle is Owen's sister. Owen was recruited last year or a couple of years ago by Miami South. And this recruiter is talking to Smash. And so Noelle runs up and says, hi, how are you? And he's like, Owen's doing great. And so Smash and her strike up a conversation and he asks her to hang out. Plus, he's like really interested now in Miami South. Mm -hmm. So Whitmore College, a representative from that school, comes to Smash's house and meets with him and Corinna. Whitmore is an historically black college, doesn't necessarily offer a football scholarship, but offers an academic one instead Obviously, Corinna loves this because, as we've seen throughout this show, she wants him to focus more on his school and education because football is not forever. Right. Yeah. Mm. But Smash, he's so wrapped up in his playing. And and the representative is like, no, listen, like you can go on a full academic ride and you can play for our team. And Smash is like, yeah, that's great and all, but your school isn't actually known for football. So this isn't going to help me go pro. Right. So then, Noelle ends up coming to dinner, and Corinna didn't know about this, and Corinna's very thrown off by it because she's very, Noelle is very enamored by Smash and by Miami South and her brother and how he's a star and how well he does, and Corinna's like, well, what if he gets hurt? Like, your parents must be uh, concerned about that, and she's like, "No, no way! Like that wouldn't happen. Like Smash is a star; he's blessed, which is just making Smash's ego grow." Yeah, so what's huge? What did you think about her coming to dinner and how she talks about football? Is it because she's just in the football family? Yeah, I think that's all she knows. And honestly, if let's just say Julie had an older brother, you know, she's been wrapped up in this world for her entire life so she she doesn't really know anything else so to her this is normal and plus this is dylan the biggest high school football team around 
in the state. So it makes sense to me that you'd be like, no, you have to, if you're good, like you got to go to school for this and you got to get in and they're going to do whatever they can to make you go pro. Like to her, and she's still a kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and Smash is like, yeah, like totally. This is, my goal is to make it for my family. Not just like not go to college, to go to college for my studies. He's like, I need to become something. And right now I'm really, really, really good at football. So I guess that's <laughs> what it is. And I guess he's right, like I mean, the only s- senior that we're focusing on because all the other seniors, I'm putting that in air quotes, like obviously we're not putting attention to them. So like all the scouts are looking at Smash. Correct. Yeah. So later on, Corinna ends up having a conversation with Smash and he's looking at posters of cars and it comes across that he's more into the glitz of it. I mean, we know Smash wants to go pro, but he's also wrapped in wrapped up in what he can get from this. And so she just wants him to consider Whitmore and she doesn't want to keep talk. She doesn't want him to keep talking to recruiters and getting special treatment and just wants to keep reminding him like how important education is. And so this kind of gets heated because they go back and forth. She doesn't want him to get hurt and Smash is like, that's not going to happen. Like, you got to drop it. And so, oh, and she he also brings up, is this about me inviting a friend over? Is it because, like, who she is and what she was saying? And, he's, and Corinne is like, it's not about that. Like, you're losing sight of mind of what I'm trying to instill in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's trying to instill that you should have a good education and football shouldn't be your main focus on to what you're doing for your future but he doesn't he can't see past that unfortunately right now (laughs) it's so hard because i really do understand where smash is coming from i mean imagine like this is all you've been working towards and you have like one goal you have blinders on which we've been saying you're you're really good right like everyone believes how good you are and of course corinna who's just being mom there and just wants all of everything for her son I really do understand what she's saying. And so my personal favorite part of this episode was, I don't know if it was later in the evening or if it was the next day, Corinna's at the sink, she's doing dishes and Smash just walks in and hugs her. This is like his apology. I just broke. Yeah, it was sweet. It It was was really sweet. sweet because he does tell her, oh, is that right after that? He says like, I love you, but like, I'm not gonna... Yeah. Go. I took. I told Whitmore I'm not going. Right. I love you, but but he's but, like please, he's like please accept my love, but just know that I'm doing this for me and for no one else. And also, I'm going to do my recruitment meeting recruitment meetings alone. Yeah, without and not her. with you. I'm and not with bro. Coach apparently either. <laughs> well. Yeah, so Corinna meets with Coach in his office and she explains how she's concerned with all of the insanity based about based around these recruiters. She said, you know, you told us that you were going to keep these boys in line along with the recruiters. They're hassling and constantly calling and it's never ending. And she's like, I'm trying to do my best. I'm not asking for you to be his father, but his father is not around. So just a little guidance is all I'm asking for. Yeah. Right. Like she expects that of a high, his high school coach who sees him day in and day out and takes care of him when he's there. Of course. And especially since he told the parents, like, don't worry, we're focusing on the games here. Right. Spoke about how recruiting is going to go. Like, I'm handling this. But also, he tells Corinna, your son is really good. And I can see him going pro. Yeah. And. I can say whatever I want to him. It doesn't mean it's going to stick. Pretty much whatever Smash is going to do, Smash is going to do. He ends up going to lunch, pick up his food at a restaurant. Was it Applebee's? I don't know if it was Applebee's. I don't know. But he sees Smash having a meeting with a recruiter. And this is outside of the rules. Like you're supposed to do all these recruiting meetings through coach or through the office at the school. And so he interrupts this lunch. He sends the recruiter on his way. And he was like, I hope no rules are being broken here. I hope you weren't accepting a lunch here. Uh, You're one of the best athletes I ever coached and explains what he went through with his dad. And so we shared like this personal story there. So what do you think of that? Yeah, we got some 
some history for Coach, which we haven't before. And I'm always yeah. wondering that. Like, what's with his family? What happened there? So I liked it. Yeah, a lot of pressure, it seems. You know, and I really liked this scene because Coach, he really does care for Smash, but he was very stern with him. Right, and he should be. He should be. All right, let's move on to 48. <laughs> I, this is my favorite one. Uh, okay, so Billy comes home with Jackie and Tim sees them. And Tim can't handle, so he leaves and he goes to Tyra's. How do you feel about Tim not being able to handle it? Does this make sense for his character? I guess, I guess because Tim is down. He's off the team. He's got nothing. Yeah. Right. And I guess it's just a little too close for comfort. And Billy's such an ass for doing this. And Jackie's like, no, you don't have to leave. I'll leave. And Billy's like, stop being dramatic. It's fine. I just want to know how many like months it's been. Yeah, same. I I would also like to know that. And Jackie, like, why would you even feel comfortable going there? But I guess maybe it has been like a few months and they yeah. have been like seriously dating. And Bill- Billy does tell Tim, like, we're we're serious, like we're getting serious. So yeah. I'm assuming at some point either she's moving in or she's moving she's going somewhere. Um but I was just like, oh, interesting that Tim is just he's so hurt by it that he immediately packs his bags. Right. I was like, huh. I think- Okay. Again, I think just caught him on a bad day. I mean, he's been having a couple of bad days. But what interests me more is the fact that he goes to Tyra's and she tells him, you have 48 hours. Mike wants to know, why do you think Tim would go to Tyra's instead of Jason's? We got this question from a few people. I also wanted to know that. I wrote in my notes, why doesn't he go to Jason's? Right. Where was, I mean, Jason wasn't, Excuse me, in this entire episode, so. Um, but Tim always seems to fall back on Tyra. He's like, Tyra will help me. She'll give me a I place know. to crash. She'll give me some advice. She'll give me a meal. Like, she just, she's there for me. Yeah. But yeah. Tyra's like, you're not staying here. Like, you have no. to find somewhere else to go. Yeah, no, this is this is very temporary. And we see how how he makes himself at home there. We see him hanging out with Mindy and she's talking about her dance routine and the song she uses. And when Tyra walks into this, her legs are over Tim's. <laughs> Very comfortable on the couch. Yeah. Just as friends, but they're drinking beers and she grabs him and she's like, off limits. Do not sleep with my sister. This is my line. I love yeah. that she said that. This is my line. Do not cross it. Right, exactly. And I think that well do you think that when they were in a relationship that he was over there more or was she over the Riggins more or were they kind of just like nobody hung out at home they kind of made it a point to not go home I think they probably hung out at each other's houses because one they were having sex so maybe they were right. doing it in his truck and I think there was no real, like, real parental guidance. I mean, no. Billy clearly doesn't care. And Angela, even though she's sweet, we see how she's offering Tim food. Right. And she she doesn't really, she's not really a parental guidance either. No. And Mindy obviously gets along with Tim. So. Right. Like, my point of asking that is they seem comfortable with each yeah. other only because I assume that they were friendly, like, because Tyra and yeah. Tim were together. Yeah. I think they were. I liked they, it. I thought I was like, oh, like Tim's again part of the family. I always get excited when he's part of the family. <laughs> he he seems to get along with. Uh, we see how well he does with families. Yeah. You know, we've seen him with Smash's family, and that was a really cute scene. And then we have him with Mindy and Angela. Like he fits in well. This kid just needs a effing family, man. He really <laughs> does. He give a family. Just give him a family by now. Just he needs a family. Yeah. And even with Jackie and Bo, like that was really sweet too, even though it turned sour and it was inappropriate, but it, it was cute there. So anyway, Tim, his time comes to an end. So Tyra kicks him out and Mindy says, she knows this guy, a friend of hers. You can go stay with him if you promise to help take care of, like help him take care of his pets. So he ends up going to meet Mindy's friend. 
And the guy greets him at the door and says, if you help me take care of my ferrets, Coltrane and Roscoe, we got a deal because ferrets are better than cats. You heard it here. (laughs) You know, I wonder if Scott Porter was just not available for a couple of episodes. Is he not next week's either? Hmm. Not that the because i watch like 75 percent of it like once i get my words i try to like save yes yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. for when we watch uh so i'm wondering if like maybe because the fact that he's like i have no place to go right like even jason's Jason. parents live in town they were always were together growing up so he really couldn't go anywhere else right Yeah, this makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay, so let's move on to a choreograph. So Pantherama is coming. Tammy grabs Tyra and Lila in the hall and guilts them into helping her with the entertainment for this event. So the girls go into the boys' locker room after not getting any sign-ups from the team, from the football team, and she makes them sign up using, uh, using her special skills. I was cackling in this scene. Cackling. I was loving every minute of it. And when Tyra starts dancing with them, I was like, this is the best. I was I laughed a lot in this episode. Good. I really I really enjoyed it. I, I, as I said last week and the week before, like they just keep getting better. Luckily, yeah. we're not going we're not going downward since it was like the weird season. Um, but I really I really like I laughed a lot in this episode. So I appreciate it. Yeah, so Lila and Tyra, they decide they're going to choreograph the boys into a dance ru- in a dance routine, but they're also going to have them strip and take their shirts off and they'll just dance in their box in their boxers. Vic wants to know if you guys were in charge of Pantherama, what would you do for entertainment? I mean, I 100% would have choreographed like an actual dance. <laughs> yeah, you have that skill set. Uh, that's what I would have done. And it would have been awesome. <laughs> you know, you do what you do the best you can with the people that were performing. But I think I would have been able to create something like just as funny and not like have to have them take them, their shirts off. Yeah, I have no idea what I would have done. I don't understand. I don't really not that I don't understand, but I don't know what how the past went. And it seems like the football team has to do the entertainment. And so I'm like, what do they use? Why, why do? couldn't they do like a skit or something? Yeah. You know? Right. Like they it's could like, have made up something silly and like all of them kind of would have had like a speaking part type thing. Yeah. I don't know. The yeah. whole thing was lost on me. I was like, okay, we're just celebrating the Panthers. Pantherama is what they call it. I'm like, Pantherama. 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 Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing is just being silly, I guess. Yeah. So sure. M- Matt is having trouble with this routine. So he's practicing at home. Carlotta walks in and she gives him some pointers and there's hands on hips. Mm. And we're clearly having mm. a moment mm-hmm. as he loosens up. Yeah. Look at those hips. I also was laughing here. I also thought this was cute. Yeah. In a way, like I knew yeah. it was coming with the hands on the hips thing. But I was like, I was laughing like she was like, oh, show me what you got and like move your hips. Like that part was funny to me. I enjoyed it. It was really sweet. On the way to Pantherama, Pantherama, however we want (laughs) to say it, we have Matt in the car with grandma and Carlotta and he's kind of telling grandma like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a special routine happening. And Carlotta helped and grandma's all excited. And she's so so excited about everything. She's so cute. And the car. The car. Oh, my God. She was so cute. Yes, we will get to the car. Um, But she's just absolutely adorable. We get there, we get to the event, and the performance starts, and everybody is shocked. Did you notice that Landy, Landy, Landry was the only one who had a shirt on? Only one. Yeah. Good for you, dude. He's like, yeah. no, I have limits. Yeah. <laughs> but the crowd enjoyed it. Buddy yeah. was like, yeah, you could see him. He he was into it. Tammy and Coach, not impressed. Tammy especially was like, what did you girls do? <laughs> I put you in charge and you have them strip. You have them strip. She kept, they kept panning over at her and she was like giving them the eyes like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So after it's finished, 
we're walking out. We have this scene. Grandma says, I always said you had great feet. You get that from me. Carlotta compliments him as well. And then they share a kiss. Matt leaned in. She didn't push him off until like 25 seconds into the kiss. Whoa. This And also, this is outside of school. Like, Grandma's right there. Grandma's right there. Lauren could potentially have been right there as well. Not that they're, like, official that I know of. But, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, not the time. Not the time. Not the time. Next morning over breakfast, you can tell Matt feels uncomfortable. But unspokenly, yeah. Carlotta makes him feel and lets him know it's okay. Yeah, like the smile kind of like, we're okay. And then it's like the googly eyes at each other while grandma's talking. Like they're obviously not paying attention to what she's saying and they're making the googly eyes. So we know something is a Bruin. Is a Bruin. It's been a Bruin. (laughs) Yeah, Keely and Chris, they asked a similar question. Are you guys team Matt and Lauren or Matt and Carlotta? I think Matt and Carlotta, but I don't really, it was, you know, as we joking, it was too soon for me, but we could have developed it a little bit more, but I think Matt and Carlotta. Lauren, like, she's a cute girl, but there's no, like, substance with their relationship, and not, like, not that him and Carlotta have, like, much substance either, but I definitely see more of, like, um, a like a passion there than with him yeah. and Lauren. <laughs> yeah, Lisa says, finally, Matt and Anna, sorry, I can't remember her name. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Kissed and it seems so natural, so cute. I wasn't into this, but now I am. Yeah, I agreed. Like, I could see it going somewhere, not for very long, but it will go somewhere, I'm assuming. Yeah. Will wants to know, is Matt the new Tim in the romance department? This oh, man has no. charm. He's got charm because he doesn't have the charm. And that's what's so charming is that he is just a sweet, innocent, good boy that now women are starting to be like, oh, Matt, right, Matt Saracen, the QB. Okay, he also has that going for him. So girls are like, wow, he's the nice guy and he's a QB. Like, he's perfect. And Carlotta now knows him on a different level because she knows him at home, which is a definitely different version that they see at school. Not that he's like completely different, but you're when you're at home, you're you really yourself and you're really relaxed and you're he's spending a lot of time with her. I'm sure she's living there. It's like right. having a sib- a sibling living with you. Right. So she knows him better than I think Lauren obviously does. Well, at this moment. Yeah, and Carlotta's been there just in the picture just a little bit longer. Just a little. Just like a hair a hair longer. <laughs> yeah, not much, but just a little mm. bit. All right, let's move on to family. Julie is has to do with Coach and Julie and Tammy and also Santiago. So there's a lot there's a lot in this lots section. Of family. But lots of family stuff. But Julie is lovesick over Matt. We meet Noah Barnett, the new faculty advisor for the paper played by austin nichols first of all that would be his name second of all (laughs) what an adorable person austin nichols i've always swooned for um and he plays this part to eight he my hair stands up and makes me super uncomfortable (laughs) super uncomfortable (laughs) i'm glad you went there because at first you said he what an adorable character! And then I was like, hmm, it's a little well, like at, at the when I when he met Tammy, he was adorable. And then after that, I was like, oh, yes. my opinion totally has changed. Okay. Yes. So he's the new faculty advisor. He also runs the newspaper. Julie is on the paper. She's in this class, and she pitches the story idea for Pantherama, and not just about football, but everything that goes into it. This event raises a lot of money, but where does the money actually go? Do all the sports get equal funding? And so Noah loves this idea and gives her the featured assignment. So in the hallway, Julie sees Matt and Lauren making out, which upsets her. She goes into Noah's classroom and she's crying. She explains what happened and how she sees her ex. And she's just so upset. And so he very sweetly offers her half his sandwich because I always eat when I've been broken up with. I was very okay with this. No, this was fine. This was fine. This was very sweet. And I'm 
proud of her to actually be not like hide her emotions. She just, I guess she just couldn't hide, like she couldn't keep them in anymore. And she's like, I it just really actually just came in here to cry. So yeah. you're going to, you're seeing me at my most vulnerable and I barely know you. And so he handled it well, I thought. Like, he what's did. he going to do? You know, I mean, he's just as, I, he's, it seems like he's supposed to be like fresh out of school. Like he's supposed to be 24, 25 years old, maybe max. Like, he's sitting there listening to like his iPod and, yeah, you know, he's just I mean, got a young soul too. Well, of course. Yeah. And I mean, even Tammy notices how young he is. Like, what are you, 12? Mm-hmm. Like, who are like, you? Please don't I'm answer sorry. that. Like, you're so young. <laughs> you make me feel so old <laughs> yeah he does have quite the credentials though i know he goes over i know like, columbia and he worked at these prestigious newspapers and because him and julie have that conversation she's like how did you get here how do you know what's a good paper because he and her start hanging out what it seems like every day leading up to this event right and he edits her article and gives her advice and then we see them hanging out Again, in the classroom, the door is closed and Tammy walks in. Yeah. Oh, Tammy was. And she clocks it. She clocks it. Yeah. She's like, what's everything okay in here? Like, this is not what you should be doing with my teenage daughter. And like, when did you feel like when it was crossing the line? Like at this point or like, like, because when you first meet him, like I said, the sandwich portion was good. And then the next time him going over her paper, giving her advice, I thought like, okay, you know, typical stuff. And then you see them hanging out again and again. And you're like, okay. And then Julie walks in. She obviously is like lit up from ear to ear. Like you're showing me attention. Obviously, I'm sure she thinks he's attractive. And also like you get me and this is new and exciting. And he's not really cutting the cord. He sees it and I don't and I think he knows more than he's letting on that he does. I agree with that. The article gets published. Coach goes into Tammy's office and says, "Did you read this?" and starts reading what she has written and she, he reads the part which made me laugh so much. Oh my god. Coach Taylor had made no comment and he goes, "She asked me through the bathroom door." I was what taking was I, I was pissing. I was taking a piss. I I I just was cracking up. This is another part that I cackled out loud as well. I was like, so, "Oh my god, that's so great." It was so funny. But Tammy says she makes really good points in this article and Yeah. Joey Joey my words tonight i'm like jumbled over here i like marbles in my mouth (laughs) julie's ready for her next assignment she meets with noah to discuss it and this is when they discuss like how do you know what's a good story and so forth so keely says julie she remembers she broke up with matt correct and that she cheated on matt i know she apologized to him but her getting upset over seeing matt and lauren together is a hundred percent of her own doing maybe i'm being a little harsh but I find it a little disrespect. I find it a little suspect how quickly she moved on from being upset over Matt to flirting with Mr. B. What are your predictions? Yeah, I uh, um I agree with that as well. I feel like she had to learn a big lesson here, where you know you a, a lesson, but also just kind of learning what works for you romantically in your life and what type of partner you're looking for and. She, I guess at the time, felt like Matt wasn't the one that she was looking for. And she's kind of regretting that. Not kind of. She is regretting speaking those words. And that happens a lot in relationships where someone just says, like, I don't think it's you. And then, you know, months and years later down the line, you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I made a mistake. You're allowed to make mistakes. You're human. Um, I think Noah is definitely a distraction from her being hurt over Matt finding someone else. I don't think if Matt was in the picture again with her, if she would be leaning so much towards Noah's attention, like if her and Matt were still in a relationship, but then again, maybe she would because the Swede gave her attention while she was in a relationship. So I guess it's all like timing and circumstances where I don't know if this would have happened or if it was meant to happen, I guess. Do you think, what do you think is going to happen with these two? 
I think are we going to go the the I don't think so I think we're gonna we're going to teeter on the trope of Julie crushing on him and him being like whoa 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 what what made you think I gave you that idea even though he truly he is and I'm sure we'll get more into that I'm I mean I'm hopeful that he cuts the cord sooner than later but I don't I don't know if he will you know, I don't know. Mm, so I thought Austin Nichols came in in like season three, four, season four or five <laughs> and played a completely different character. So oh, cool. Cool. This was real. <laughs> oh, this was a real nice surprise when I saw him this episode. OK, let's move on to Santiago. So Santiago gets a uniform and he's running mm-hmm. drills and he's in, he's in the tryouts. And the problem is we have to check his credits first. So coach sends him to meet with Tammy and he has good grades, but he trans he's transferred five times and this is all on his record. She also notices that for his main address, he put Garrity Motors. So things are kind of, you know, fishy and not lining up. And so she says, we need to meet with your uncle because we have to establish that relationship. We really need to use that address of where you're living. And it comes out that he hasn't seen his uncle in like 10 or 11 months. Mm. Yeah. So Eric wants eligibility. Tammy wants him to have a family. I mean, it's just as plain and simple as that. Exactly. So Buddy pitches the idea of Santiago moving in with him. And Tammy says he has to go through social services. This isn't like a puppy dog. He, you know, this can't just happen like this. And coach makes the point of, well, look, he's fallen through the cracks already. And Tammy keeps going back with, no, you want this to happen because it's convenient for you because you want this for your team. I see both sides here. Absolutely. Right. So Tammy meets with Buddy about Santiago. She's really concerned about him going into the foster care system, especially at the age that he is. But if you're going to take this boy this is definitely a risk. This is a different situation for you. I know you have kids because Buddy's like, I have kids. I know how to raise kids. And she's like, this is completely different. And so Buddy says he really cares for him. He feels like he has a good heart and he really wants him to have a chance. Mm. Okay, Buddy. Okay, Buddy. So Santiago moves in with Buddy. Tammy and Eric are also there to assist. And Tammy tells Buddy, you need to step up. You need to get some veggies in this fridge. (laughs) There's too much meat. (laughs) Yeah, you need to be home when he gets home. And Buddy shows him his bedroom and it's bunk beds because that's what Buddy has. And he says, you know, from his two young kids. And he's like, to be honest with you, I didn't think I'd be here that long. So this is really all I have. I'm sorry about that if the bed's a little small. And Santiago says this is the first real bed he's had. I know. Oh, my God. And then he unpacks his letters. Yeah, he was just like so like. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like he was just like, yeah, yeah, I was going to say grateful. He was very grateful to just be sitting in a in a bunk bed. He didn't care. It was his bed. This made me cry. Mike says. Does Buddy pulling a Sandy Cohen and taking in Santiago and agreeing to be his guardian redeem him a little in your eyes? What a mashup of a few of our teen dramas. All that was missing was some Sag and it would be a trifecta. Uh, We don't need any Sag here. No, that's a Gossip Girl reference. Don't listen to three Gossip Girls. But what do you think? Yes, it did. It did redeem a little bit for me. Yes, it did. I was happy to see Buddy do that for him. Okay. Kate says the Santiago storyline was giving me the blindside vibes. In that final scene with Buddy, when Santiago said he had never had a bed before, I was like, well, this is lifted straight out of the blindside. But then I found out through Google that the blindside came out in 2009. So this might have been first. Oh, nice. I've actually never seen that movie, but I've heard it's great. Same. Same. Yes. I'm not surprised I haven't seen it. (laughs) I'm not surprised you haven't seen it either. It just seemed like it would be sad. And as yeah. you know, I don't watch things that are sad. So, and but a happy, and a happy sad, though. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. I like, I know the backstory of it, basically. But, um, well, yeah, look at us going Friday Night Lights, being first. <laughs> Yay. 
A couple of other things to discuss. Let's talk about Matt and the car. So he tells Lauren about this car that he's looking at and interested in. And Lauren says, I'm great with cars and that she can help. So they go to meet with the guy who's selling this car and she knows a lot and she ends up haggling and gets the car $200 cheaper because she states, do you know who you're selling this car to? This is QB1 (laughs) of the Panthers. Hey, good for you, girl. Yeah. And so, like you said earlier, he brings it home. Grandma is so excited. The first thing she does is pop the hood and check the engine. She just like immediately just like flips it up. I know. She always continues uh, to amaze me. Me too. Kate asks, what was your first car? Mine was a Chevy Celebrity Station Wagon, an old family car that my parents gave me when I was 19. My friends and I called it the Honey Wagon. That's so cute. My first car, and I had it for 10 years, was a black Honda Civic, like most people my age. (laughs) Like everyone they've met is like, oh, my first car was a Honda Civic. I'm like, well, I guess our parents all thought that was like the safe choice. It was. It was like that or like a Nissan Sentra. I feel like it was those two always. Um, And and also the Toyota Corolla. And the Corolla. That's what I had. I got that when I, I remember it was December of 2004 oh my god it was like new year's eve i picked it up wow and i went to, and I went to itchy bond oh good old itchy balls <laughs> that was a really good car i loved that car yeah, you and had I that car forever forever it treated me really well it was a really good car rest in peace yeah and then last but not least landry and tyra he tells her about what his dad did And he just wanted to share what happened to make sure she's okay. I feel good for you, Landry, to be able to even speak to her at this point since you're so heartbroken about it. And he's like, I just want to let you know that this is what's going on because she is involved in the situation. Right. Um, And she's like, oh, okay. So like what basically what happens now? Like what's and they're they kind of just like separate. That's it. He's like, I just want to let you know. Right, because you're here and I need to check in on you. Lisa says, will anything come out of this Landry business? My money is on no, but curious your thoughts. Will anything come out of this Landry business in regards to like just whatever going on with Landry? Well, (laughs) this murder situation. Are we going to have Tangery ever again? Oh, I hope so. I hope we have them again. When I didn't. I did predict, though, maybe at the end of the season we would get that. I would like to see it again, but I hope it's real and not like just for like passing the time and because they both went through something. I wish it was like more than that. (laughs) What do you think about this murder? Do you think we're going to do anything else with this? A part of me wants to say yes, because how can you not? talk about this again but then again story story progression maybe they don't have enough time to do it i don't know right yeah we shall see with that i want to say my heart is leaning towards they're going to mention it again and something will come of it i don't know what but something will come of it okay a couple other questions keely i wanted to let you two know oh yeah okay sorry my page froze google is just did your drive? Did your Google Doc ever freeze on yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you try to go scroll. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's try that again. A couple of other comments and questions. Keely says, "I wanted to let you two know how much I enjoy your podcast. It's like hanging out with friends every time I listen to a new episode." So sweet, Keely. Thank, Thank you. you so much. She also says, "I love the whole who broods more question." Have either of you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I want to know who broods more, Ryan Atwood or Angel. <laughs> Um, mm, my 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 memory is not too great on Buffy, unfortunately. So I'll have to go with Ryan just because, like, technicality there. But I remember Angel being super broody in the yeah. category of a Ryan Atwood or a Tim Riggins. <laughs> oh, for sure, he definitely can hang out with them. I didn't make it too far in Buffy. I think I got to season two. During my first time watch. Oh, yeah. You didn't continue that. I didn't. No, life took over. Yeah. 
Uh, Angel, though, very much enjoyed watching Angel, I mm. will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll have to go with Ryan just on technicality. Yeah. Mike says, what an OTH takeover with Julian, Anna, and Alex coming to Texas all in one episode. Who do you think will be the first one to of the three to leave Texas. Uh, Jana. Sorry, what's her name? Noelle. Noelle. <laughs> Would you rather attend Pantherama or the boy toy auction? The boy toy auction. Yeah, I'll attend Pantherama. <laughs> I'm not going to that boy toy auction. No. <laughs> well, like, I, I want to see, like, Lucas and Nathan and Mouth and Skills. Maybe I'm just being reminiscent and I miss them a little bit. I think you are. (laughs) He also says, P.S. I don't know if you're still looking for segments to add to the pod, but I was trying to think what could be considered as a counter or as a skill for FNL. You had the Damn It Dan meter on One Tree Hill, Lissa's Thirst meter on the OC. (laughs) Uh, and then the headband counter for Gossip Girl, I was thinking maybe counting how many times the word football is said, or there could be a coach and Mrs. Coach meter, or how many times they were cute in an episode. I don't know, just a suggestion, thought I'd pass it along. So I said I would discuss with you, Liz. We don't obviously have to discuss right here. Also, this is for our listeners. Send us a suggestion of yeah. what do you think you would want to count along with us. Yeah, let's do I that. Yeah, I don't really have anything yet. Let's with pull that. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's add some. I mean, I know we ha- we've added a couple of things here, but in terms of a counter or a meter, we can definitely incorporate that somehow. All right, we had music in this episode from Beck, ZZ Top, Junior Brown, Nums, and the Derailers. Quote: What do you have, Liz? Don't whisper, yell at me. That was mine too. I just died. I loved everything about that, and then I loved. She asked me through the bathroom door. I was pissing. <laughs> so good it was so, so good. good so like i said like so many laughable moments in this <laughs> one i really enjoyed it yeah uh coach's corner what was your favorite moment what was yours because i'm still searching i love the moment with smash yes coach and smash yes in the restaurant i also love that moment he was just like i put you in your place you know what you yes. have to do because right. he's coach, and coach always, he always comes through like that. So, yes, that, that was also mine. Yeah. Uh, MVP and shittiest. Who is your MVP? My MVP was Buddy Garrity. Oh, my girl. What happened? What? Who am I? I don't know. Explain yourself, my friend. I... I did not once, like, shudder at him coming on the screen <laughs> screen this episode. And I loved that I felt as though he was being genuine with the Santiago okay. stuff. He did look like a man that has been defeated and said, like, look, it's all I got. I know it's not much, but I do appreciate you and you are a good worker and like off obviously there is some selfish motives there like i the dylan panthers are his number one always and if this guy can help them get to wherever they need to be he's going to do anything in his power to help them so i know that that's also in the back of my mind but i'm not allowing it to take over today i'm just allowing me to have a moment with buddy and let's just Leave it at that. <laughs> Beautifully said. We had two votes for Buddy, two votes for Corinna, and I, and two votes for Tyra, who I also chose was Tyra. Yeah, she was great too. I thought she did a great job with, not only with Lila, they were very sweet to each other, and I liked very. seeing this pairing. Me too. But I feel like she really got the boys out of their shells and really pulled off a really good dance number. Yeah. Will, who chose Corinna, says, is she the best mother in all of Total Betty's shows? That's so hard to say. Right now, I feel that way, yes. But it's so hard to say. I love Tammy, too. I love Tammy. And uh, Kirsten. I I love uh, Karen. I love Karen, but I can't. I mean, I love Kirsten Cohen. Love Kirsten. It's really hard to pick favorites. It's really hard. It is really hard. Uh, Chris, who chose Buddy. 
because he stepped up and offered his home to a child in need of his goodness of his heart. Buddy is a good man. See, Chris, I I listened to you last week about your buddy love, and I took some some of that. Yeah. Uh, shittiest. Who do you have? I have Noah. So we had two for Noah, two for Smash, one for Julie, and two for Billy. Uh, I chose Billy. Yeah, Billy, I could definitely go with that as well. Just being absent-minded about the whole thing. Yeah, he he doesn't give a shit. He just doesn't care. So rude. Yeah, it is rude. All right, let's go into a booster of the week list. Who are we supported by this week? Booster of the week. You're a total booster. This week I chose Chloe, our cutie pie, because she got engaged over this past weekend and we wanted to say congratulations to you and I just thought it was so adorable that you felt the need to post in our Discord chat, like, look what happened to me, like, that you feel that our community are your friends because we are and we love to see when things great things happen to all of our Bettys. So I just want to say congratulations again and thank you for being with us. You are seriously, I mean, your name is Cutie Pie for a reason and you are adorable and we love to get when we get to hear from you. So thank you. Thank you, Chloe. Congratulations. I know I thought I felt the same thing when <sighs> she's like, I just want to share this with you guys. I was like, oh, I love our community. Yeah, same. We're really blessed. We have a great community of Bettys. If you're interested in our community and all the things we do over on Patreon, link is in the bio. Check out our network. All right, Liz, what emoji should we pick? I was like, is there something for like taking your shirt off? (laughs) Like abs or something? But um, I love it. Or like something to do with like college or recruitment or is there a bunk bed emoji? No, right? I know. I was thinking that too. Aww. Is there a bed? Maybe just a bed in general. Do this, I'm sure there's just a regular bed. There has to be a bed, right? There has to be a bed. Let me see. There is a bed. Send okay. us a bed emoji. Nice. And what you can do, what we mean by that, if this is your first time listening Drop that emoji in an Apple podcast review if you listen over there. Rate us five stars if you would be so kind. That helps the show grow. Plus, it's really fun to see those emojis in there. We pick an emoji for every episode, and it's kind of just a fun way to see if you're listening. You can also drop it in an email. I've been getting them in emails, and we also get them DMs on Instagram, which I love seeing those emojis come through. And you can drop it in our Discord network as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just drop us a bed, man. Yeah. Just drop us a bed. Just I drop love us a bed. relaxing with these ladies in exactly. my bed. Exactly. In my bed. <laughs> mm. You mm. can work on it. Yeah. You'll make it better. All right. <laughs> okay, Liz. I'm going to give you a look into next game's playbook. Here are the four words for season two, episode eight. Wow. Seeing other people. Oh, seeing other people. Okay. Visit, accuse, trust, and connect. Oh, those are like the most vague four words I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, Visit, we're paying, someone's getting paid a visit. Who's visiting? Oh, maybe Smash is going to go around and visit certain colleges to see where he likes. Very good. Accuse. Are we accusing someone of maybe the murder and it's not Landry and now they're shitting a brick because someone is actually accused? Um, so maybe something like that. Trust could be so many things. My initial gut is Matt and Julie with Matt won't be able to trust Julie even though Julie really wants him to trust her back um and i feel like maybe connect has to do with oh oh there's so many things that are happening right now so i have like the noah julie stuff or the matt and carlotta stuff 
those things are like fairly new. So I feel like we're definitely going to touch upon those next week. <sighs> Maybe Matt trusts Carlotta. Maybe Julie trusts Noah. <laughs> um, and connect. Obviously, there's two connections right there. Mm. You did good. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. I gave you very. They're very just- hard very hard but also very broad and you you did very well we will okay. see the things that you said Thank happen you. in next week's episode nice yeah before we end we do have will's football poetry corner get those fingers up let's get snapping the real deal when a player is the real deal they show greatness on the field as predicted by the experts julie thinks matt has found the real deal while the girl in question makes a deal for matt's new car Tammy tries to deal with the reality of Santiago's living situation, even when Coach Taylor and Buddy throw her smoke screens. Smash gets caught up in thinking he has the real deal to Corinna's chagrin. <laughs> mm. Love it. Good job. Very good. The real deal. Thank you, Will. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for submitting your questions. Every week we're getting more and more, which makes me really excited i love to see that talking texas forever at gmail.com if you want to submit questions and comments uh but we will be back next week for season two episode eight seeing other people i can't believe we're on episode eight i don't what eight weeks crazy thank you so much for listening to talking texas forever a friday night lights podcast you can email us at talking texas forever at gmail.com If you're interested in seeing what we do with this show and all of our others, head over to Instagram at Total Betty Podcast Network. This has been a Total Betty Podcast, produced and edited by Michelle Rubenstein and Alyssa Tenio, music by Anthony Vacora. 